good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and good night. Whichever part of the day we're going to catch you in, we want to welcome you to the Focus on Me podcast. I am Justin, and I'm here with my deliciously gorgeous wife, Denisha. Tell them hi, baby. Hi. (laughs) <laughs> that was so interesting how you started that off. Well, we don't know when they're going to catch it. Some people, as long as they catch it, that's all that matters. Right, right. Well, welcome back. It's been a while since we've been with you. Welcome to season two, two. of the Focus On Me podcast. We're so glad for all of you who uh, journey with us on our first season. Got some good feedback, even had some requests for our return. So thank you to our followers, our listeners, our soon-to-be followers. We're so glad that you share time and space with us as we are on our journey. And hopefully um, you're inspired and encouraged as you listen to our stories, laughs, dramas, issues, (laughs) celebrations, all that stuff. (sighs) So today's episode we thought we would talk about the five love languages. So that's definitely a conversation that usually comes up. If you remember, I'm a marriage counselor or family counselor. And a lot of times in um, marriage counseling, premarital counseling, sometimes what I call divorce counseling, those different uh, theories and philosophies around love languages come up. So, um, yeah, let's just dive right in with that conversation. One of the things I was thinking about was when we were first dating, we did the assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, something I don't think I ever told you. I was like really afraid or nervous to ask you to take that. Did I ever tell you that? No, but I don't understand why. Well, I think, and this might take us down a whole nother rabbit hole, but we'll go there for a few rabbit minutes. Rabbit hole, bunny holes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think when we were dating, there was some tentativeness because of past relationships. So, you know, being in other relationships, when I would ask them to do or to read a book or to say, hey, let's look in even relationships where we were talking about being married or thinking about life and a long-term commitment, I'd say, hey, let's read this book. Let's do this study. Let's participate in this conversation. And there was not always an excitement to do it, I think. Um, and anybody who knows me and you have seen this full well, I am very much a nerd. I am a <laughs> student. Um, I love to read. I love to um, explore, research, get yeah. data, all that kind of stuff. So um, I think other people that I was dating, not so much was that the case. Right. And if I'm like, hey, let's read this book, they would rather like watch sports or mm-hmm not read the book (laughs) so I think that's why I was a little bit hesitant to um, ask you to do it but you did it readily which I was thankful for it's funny because while you were hesitant I was more like oh okay this is cool something different let's let's do something different here Mm -hmm. Um, so I think for me it was more like this will be something that we can do that she actually asked me to do so we and we're doing it together Mm -hmm. so I mean, to me, there were no wrong or right answers. It's kind of like a Reese's, you know. Mm-hmm. There were no right or wrong answers. So. But what I think was interesting was it was another indicator for me of compatibility. Right. And again, I'm not saying people who watch sports versus people who read are not compatible. Mm-hmm. I think where I see the compatibility was the interest or the willingness, willingness to put yeah. interest towards 
or effort towards something you're not interested right, in. Right. So even if reading is not your thing, the fact that you were willing to say, hey, let's look at this because I asked you to, mm-hmm. it was um, where I saw compatibility and a good sign for us to be together. Uh, so we did it when we first started dating. Mm-hmm. How do you think doing that, and by it, I mean, if you go on like the five lovelanguages.com, there's like a website that you can do the assessment to see what your primary way that you either communicate love or receive love. Mm-hmm. And so there's an assessment. So that's what I mean when I say we did it. So how do you think that assessment, having that knowledge about yourself and then having that knowledge about me positively impacted our dating, courting, and then that first year marriage. And the reason why I say first year marriage is because we did it again in our, about a year into our marriage. So how do you think that information helped? So I think with, with, as far as it helping, um, with you or like towards you, I guess we kind of say it was more learning, um, the easier and the, the more effective ways of showing love that you would be able to appreciate where I may, there may be certain things that I like that I feel like this is how I show it. It may not taking the test and learning about it helped me figure out what you would actually receive better. I guess to kind of say better Mm -hmm. versus here, this is what I do. You take this, Mm -hmm. you know, like take it anime. You're going to eat the cake, (laughs) you know, that that you know, I I, I don't want that because sometimes we do that. I mean, we when you don't know, and I guess this is kind of like GI Joe's situation here, where you know now you know knowing is half the battle. Mm-hmm. If you don't know um, or have the information about it, and sometimes even having just a conversation doesn't really give you that information. Mm-hmm. That test helped me because it asked it, it helped and it will help others because it asked specific questions, mm-hmm. and then they tallied it up. So based on the answers that based that the based on the answers it gave you what you know your the, the highest ones were you know versus you know and the funny thing is I can't remember all of them I just know remember like my main and my main was usually a, you know physical physical touch mm-hmm. and time I think I believe those two were the two um, that were the most the, the highest ones for me I think on both go rounds but um, I think the second one you had to change from. Was the second one to change? I, I know the first one. That they changed. were both physical tests. I know that was. The, I know that, that was always the, the first one. Yeah. Um, but I but, think there was a slight change in the second one. And for as far as it helping me, I think, and in some ways it confirmed what I already knew, and in other ways it kind of made me look like, oh, really? That's that's what it is. So I guess that would be my assessment of it. How about you? I, I think for starting out, uh, I mean, we've known each other forever, as our our listeners have. Um, learned about this it even though we've known each other forever we haven't we didn't know each other in like a romantic relationship right, capacity. Dating, dating capacity yeah. so um there were things that were not surprising mm-hmm. about you but just to know it in a different way and actually one of the things that um inspired this thought about having a conversation about this is because i do know physical touch is one of your your primary love language, I was going to ask you a question. I was like, well, let's wait till the podcast to talk about that. <laughs> oh, you're going to hit me with a But um, <laughs> So it wasn't one. like there were things that were just completely shocking, but it was mm-hmm. informative. Right. Um, I think the second time we did it, which was, what, maybe last summer or so? Yeah, somewhere right now. We did it again. Um, there was a shift, a particular shift in my... 
yeah, love yeah, yeah, language. Right. And I think yours was a shift by maybe like one or two because we actually pulled it up and compared the mm-hmm. numbers. And I remember thinking that while there was not much that I had to learn or that the first um, assessment showed me about you, I think the second one gave me a great opportunity to look at areas where I could do more for your uh, love language. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed in mine was, I think the difference between when we were in a long distance relationship yeah. while we were dating yep. to actually being in in a marriage, in the same house, in the same city, yep. together all the time. And I think that we both saw that there were things that we could rate high and we both looked at maybe from the perspective of things that we were not getting. So I know for me, I think the first time it was like quality time and words of affirmation or something Mm -hmm. like that. And the second time it was words of affirmation and acts of service. Yeah. And to be clear, when I was looking at the questions, because if you take the assessment, there's two choices and you have to pick one. Right. So a lot of the choices were, no, this is something that's not, you know, I get this, I would pick this or, well, no, that's not a problem. This is not a problem either, but maybe this one is more of a problem. Kind of the lesser. Right. And so I think it gave more of an insight the second time around than the first time. Um, so, like I was saying, when you're in a long-distance relationship, whenever we would get together, I wasn't thinking about laundry right. or, <laughs> you know, who's going to cook. Because mm-hmm. it was like, oh, we're here for the weekend or we're there for, mm-hmm. you know, this trip or this experience. And we're eating now. We're at a hotel. We're at right. a friend's house. We're not, you know, having mm-hmm. to do the things that you normally do just in the day-to-day operations right. of a household. So a year later, doing the assessment, it didn't surprise me that it was Mm -hmm. different, but I think it highlighted some areas where we could do some things better. And I have to say right here in this moment, to all of our listeners, we went on a trip last weekend, and we got home Monday night, and on Tuesday, Justin had unpacked the suitcase. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh, doing the suitcase. And I want to say that because... If we're talking about, you know, acts of service, love language, daily operations, chores, you know, in those other um, episodes, we did talk about that, particularly the episode about the the suitcase. suitcase. So um, it was funny when I was like, oh, you unpacked the suitcase. And you're like, yep, I'm not going to be another uh, episode of the podcast. Nope. Listen. (laughs) So I want to give you credit where your credit is due. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, give you this public affirmation that within less than 24 hours of a trip, and it was a bigger suitcase with more things because we were gone for a lot longer, yeah. you quickly um, packed up the suitcase. And I think that's another great moment to put a little pause in that conversations lead to conversion, right? right? Conversion means change. And I think that a lot of times people have challenges in their relationships because they don't talk things through. Yeah, I, I, I do agree. I think having the conversation, I think what people don't understand is having the conversation plants a seed. Mm-hmm. And when you're planting that seed, you know, even though it may not happen right away, mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't happen right away because the opportunity doesn't present itself. Mm-hmm. So I think giving that time for it to be watered with other things 
Because you're watering in other ways. It doesn't have to be watered with the same thing, having the same conversation. Water it with other things. Water it with love. Water Mm -hmm. it with grace. Water it with patience. And water it with time. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you know know how we say in the church, it'll bring forth the most peaceable fruits. And (laughs) and the but but the but but the fruits that it that it will uh, bring forth really is. The change, as you said, mm. not and not so much, not so much. Ch- well, yes, change, which equates to growth. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and again, I think what you just said is great. That a lot of times we want to see change, and there's not even the opportunity to see it mm-hmm. because the right situation hasn't presented itself. So, um, again, less than 24 hours, you unpacked your things in a suitcase, and and, and I just again think that was so powerful because I wasn't even thinking about it like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I saw you grab it, I just figured you needed something out of it. <laughs> um, so that's why I was surprised. Like, oh, he unpacked the suitcase. And it didn't even give me a chance to complain or to get frustrated or anything like that. And so, again, I appreciate that so much. That's an easy way to knock out any type mm-hmm. of uh, or to diffuse mm-hmm. anything. I mean, and, and I, I don't think, and sometimes I think um, while in relationship, that's not something we think about. Mm-hmm. We may, and I think, you know, we, we've talked about this in other other places and even on this uh, particular um, platform about the invisible schedule. And I think mm-hmm. when we have something in mind that we want to do, mm-hmm. it sometimes we don't think that us taking it taking the time to step out of what we want to do mm-hmm. to do something that's going to help the relationship and help the home mm-hmm. overall even it, it may it may take only a few minutes or it may take a while but that extra little time that you took makes it takes precedence over a lot of things and mm-hmm. it, it uh Avoids a lot of disagreements, a lot of fussing, a lot of arguing. That's not that really doesn't have to be. Right. So yeah, I just threw that in there. But go ahead. No, I, I think that's great. Um, when to just be specific around what the five love languages are, it's physical touch, mm-hmm. quality time, words of oh, affirmation, affirmation. Acts, of service, acts of service, and gifts. Yeah. So what you were just speaking to like sometimes those acts of service mm-hmm. that love language was one that was higher for me the second, second time around. around yeah and it does com- for me it really does communicate love when you do those things now one of the things that you are amazing at and I'm so wonderfully blessed is that you are a gift giver and you do a million things for me you know mm-hmm. I laugh because sometimes when I'm out traveling I'm like who's gonna carry this suitcase because <laughs> I'm not used to having to do those things or when you drop me off at the airport you know you carry it all the way outside take it into the airport all that kind of stuff and then when I get to wherever I'm going I gotta get it from baggage claim I'm like oh shoot I gotta lug this suitcase <laughs> to the rental car and now I gotta lug it from the rental car to the hotel I can't wait to see one of the, from the hotel that they got a bag a bellhop I'm so glad like yes take this bag and I think partly that's because you spoiled me and that's a good problem um, so I, I, I want to definitely again like that. acknowledge that you are very much an active service type person mm-hmm. you, and you do amazing with gifts cards you know flowers little things ordering stuff in the mail you know that's the thing 
where I think sometimes those acts of service can really be um, a problem, if you will, for lack of a better word, is sometimes like the daily operations of the household, right? Right. And when you right. step up and do those, I so appreciate that pack unpacking the suitcase or, you know, taking the garbage out, things mm-hmm. like that, because that list of things to do on that invisible schedule, right. um, generally just because of the way my work life and now hobby life has become, I have a list of things that I'm doing and trying to cross off all the time. Mm-hmm. And if I've got 15 things on those lists, guarantee I got it right here let me see none of the things on the list say take out the garbage cook dinner do the groceries um (laughs) fold up the laundry you know it's generally some other kind of task thing that's very important and so while the garbage is important or making Mm -hmm. sure the refrigerator is cleaned out or that we have groceries in the house those things are all important they just generally don't make the Make the to cut. do list, right? <laughs> There's one, two, three, Make four, the actual five, list. six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Literally fifteen things that were on this week's list of things to do. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight things got crossed off. So about halfway through my to do list, and and like I said, knowing we don't have groceries because we've been out of town, or mm-hmm. knowing like the vacuum needs to be run, like that's just not something that makes the cut but like paying the bills or, you know, other things. So when um, you, when people are able to practice those acts of service, I think it does make space for quality time, right? Right. So if we share some of the household tasks and if my list or your list is going to take four hours, us splitting those acts of service cuts it down down to two hours. So now your need for quality time is met. Um, right. I don't know if I said this on the episode before, but I always laugh about the time when I had asked you to vacuum the floor while I was doing something. And when I came out of the room, you had the attachment out and you were doing <laughs> the baseboards and everything. And I was like, okay, first of all, I don't even vacuum the floor like that. But I appreciated it. And I kind of laughed like, shoot, you look all sexy vacuuming oh, that God. floor. So even when it comes to physical touch, <laughs> there's a lot more space Right. And capacity for quality time, physical touch, not just sexual intimacy, but right. including sexual intimacy. Because mm-hmm. when I'm tired or when you're tired or when we've had so many different things, there's, for me, I don't always have that level of space or capacity mm-hmm. to either do the laundry or to be like, be like, stop touching me right now. Like, I just need to be. Right. We need to actually rest. Right. And so um, I appreciate that. One of the things that. Um, I would like us to think about with the conversation about love languages is um, physical touch. Right. I think that's an easy one to just knock off the list. What does physical touch or that love language mean for you? So usually it's it's it speaks to that feeling of being actually wanted. Okay. I think. Um, some people, I mean, obviously it means different things to other different people, but it's like that feeling of being wanted. And when you know you're wanted, you, you want, sometimes that wanted can be equated to being appreciated too. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, uh, I mean, hearing it is nice too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the combination of the two is like a one, two punch. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yes, you hear it. And sometimes the act of it is the physical. Especially if that's, you know, that's the love language that, you know, that, mm-hmm. that that's high high on your 
on your assessment. Um, so for me, it was definitely, that's definitely something where I'm like, yeah, you know, oh yeah, all oh, she wants, you know, I don't have, it's, the, it's not because I put on the Savage or because I put on the, uh, um, um, I don't even remember half the names of the thing, but the, the Blue Sky or Blue Ivy or whatever it is called. You know, light I don't know. Blue? Light, there you don't go. Shake that, light blue. Y'all, I'd buy him this stuff. <laughs> he just don't know what it's called. I don't. It's, they smell good. <laughs> they smell real good. And I appreciate that she want me to smell good because I like to smell good. Because my, in my thoughts, again, in my thoughts, mm-hmm. if I smell good, she going to jump my bones. Jumping my bones gives me the physical touch, makes me feel wanted, and makes me excited and um, pleased. So, all so, that's kind of a big circle. So, let's go. And this, this is the question I want to ask. I think sometimes people assume physical touch is just sexual intimacy. No, it's not. Now, for you, oh, is physical time. touch like, because I think that, and here's the part that I wanted to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, wanted to I, I, I feel before. it. I feel it coming. I think for you, like, physical touch includes sex, but it, it's mm-hmm. also literally touching me. Absolutely. It is literal. It's the word. There's no. There, listen. There's no confusion in it. I know it's, 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 not it's literal. <laughs> and something that I have had, uh, and I'll be honest with, and we've had this conversation many times. Uh, I have had a challenge with your love language of physical touch. Mm-hmm. And I never said I, w- I wasn't a, a lot. <laughs> no, but just in general, because like when we even sat down to do this on. Like we sat down on the couch, mm-hmm. there's enough space for us to have like our own individual space, mm-hmm. and you like are all over me, and not like pansy, but just like leaning on me, laying on me, and I'm like, yeah, move over a little bit, <laughs> and and <laughs> we always laugh because. It's almost like a magnet. Like if I move my foot to the left, you move your foot to the left. If I move with a hair to the left, you move it like, and I'm like, no, I'm moving so you can stay <laughs> over there so we can have some space. Uh, space isn't always needed though. It's overrated. So who? Sometimes it's overrated. Sometimes it's overrated. And I think that's the, that's the interesting um, paradox here that for you, like you don't want any space. You often would joke sometimes. You was like, I wish I could make a miniature version of you and put you in my pocket. Yeah, man. I'd be, I'd be at work like, let me feel your skin. Like, let, let, let me rub it on my neck. You know, yeah. And I think sometimes for me, it's like, I love you over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I think that's a um, the area that... I often want to be like, why do you have to be touching me right now? Well, well, here's so, so, so I think it's so funny about that is that what one of the things that you do even when, even when you're sleeping, which I think is so hilarious, how when you're woke, that this is your thought when you're woke sometimes, but when you're asleep, you'll reach out I and you'll reach out to, and I and I won't all of a sudden I'll know where I'll feel a hand and I'm like oh mm-hmm. okay and so and I it's put my feet on right right it'll just be random so I think it's so it's hilarious that you're so that you 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 you're, you're conscious like your sleep conscious uh, I wouldn't say that it's random I didn't say it was random you did you said did like say a it was random thing yeah did I say go back and listen to the playback you I don't know random. but that no <laughs> what, what, I, what I was basically saying is I think it's I think it's hilarious that that's the that that's 
the sleep version versus the awake version. But here's the thing, though. I am more conscious of it than you realize. Mm-hmm. I think the difference is when I want to do it. Right. So, you say I'm talking about in the morning, how in the morning. Well, not even just in the morning. No, I'm just talking about in general. Night, like I wake up and I just read. Because remember, you said one time that I was praying for you. I sure did. You my know, hand was on your man, head. That thing was moving, and I thought she was going <laughs> hot to shine and, <laughs> no, and shine the behind just, and all that. I thought I she was about to go ham. Reaching out to touch you, mm-hmm. and also sometimes it's me reaching out to me like I'm right here or like I'm close or mm-hmm. like I'll put my feet on you a lot of times because I'm cold. And now, for anybody who way. doesn't realize this, if her feet was busted. I wouldn't. I would actually. If her feet was busted, I wouldn't have got married. That but has nothing to do with our conversation. It doesn't. Right but now. it's. But I'm just saying because I. I don't. I, I, the, in order to have your feet on me, I must like your feet. If I don't like your feet, they ain't gonna be on me because I, I can't roll with that. But anyway, go ahead. Well, yeah. So I'll put my feet on your your calves generally because like it's a way to like warm up. And my bridges is always warm. So yeah, I know. So it's not like I, I think sometimes. You and I are our schedules aren't in sync. Yeah. Because yeah, what I mean by that is like I'm aware that I'm touching you. I'm aware it's not like a oh, random thing. Like that's kind of my time for physical mm-hmm. touch if that makes sense. And um I just think it can be interesting because sometimes when I say, Bunny, can you move over? You get this like dejected look. What? Go ahead. No, well, actually, what I was about to say was the other the other thing that I think um, it brings to me. It also brings a level of peace to me too, and I think that's something that I know that that's probably not conveyed, mm-hmm. but I think that's something, and also that probably not considered either. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a soothing thing for me. So almost almost like when you have an itch and you when you get that real good itch and you scratch it and you're like, ah, oh, I feel so good. Or when you got to pee real bad. And you and you let it out, and it's like ah, uh, it's almost like Did a release. You talk about Pete? Oh yeah, I mean it's what it is. When, when you gotta go real bad, and, okay. and but it's it's a, it's a, it's like a relief. It's a relief, and it, it, it's kind of it, it's a, it gives a level of peace. So like when I'm at work and I'm like I've had a rough day, sometimes all I may really want to do is lay on your lap. And that moment, in it, that moment of me being able to do that, and you maybe rubbing on my britches, or rubbing, you know, rubbing on my face or something, on my shoulder or something, that to me is like so soothing. It like makes that day worth it, basically. You know, it's like, all right, this, like, man, this was a rough day, but that's this was all I wanted to do was hurt, get get home. And if I, I if I can get home to where my peace is, because that's what I consider you to be my peace. So when I get home to my peace. Then I can I can be soothed and I can be relaxed and my day can kind of come to a close even if it's not twelve ten o'clock or twelve o'clock for us to go to bed you know it it can kind of come to a close and kind of have like you know just something calming to mm-hmm. bring it back down mm-hmm. that's another another thing that it does yeah I, I can I can understand that and relate to that now I think as we start to wrap up this part of the conversation in this episode. What would you say to people who maybe have had some of the same situation that we had? Because one of the conversations we used to have a lot was around body autonomy. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me put the context in that. A lot of times when people get married, there's this conversation that like you belong to the other person. People say things like, oh, that's mine. I own like that's mine. I put the ring on it like that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And so. For us, we used to have a lot of conversation around, not quite, like, 
So like, if you slap my butt, I'd be like, "Hey, you're not allowed to do it." Be like, "Yes, it, I, yes, I can. That's mine." I'm like, "Uh, no, it's not. It's and, mine." But it really doesn't. And stop part of that <laughs> is, I know. I think having been single for so long, mm-hmm. to where, you know, and not just with you slap my butt. I think money and decisions and mm-hmm. you know, like when you make a lot of things in an autonomous fashion. It is sometimes a difficult transition to go to, oh, let's think about this together. Instead of going from a me to a we. Or, oh, it's okay. Like, oh, this is this is okay because, because this is now my life partner. This isn't mm-hmm. just random fellow who's coming to see me, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know. Right. It, it, make, it does make a big difference. As well as when it's that, that so that challenge of going from the me to the we and where is still some appreciation for autonomy. Mm-hmm. So like for for example financially we said was it what $75 or $100 I can't remember. I don't remember. That we could spend without necessarily having to consult the other person mm-hmm. about it. Um so still having some level of autonomy in that one um amount of money but definitely having collaboration and agreement on other amounts of money. So even when it comes to like physical touch and physical space, we've had conversations about body autonomy and I'm like, uh, that's not yours. You don't just get to grab it. You need to ask my permission. What if I don't want you to grab it? You know, like all those (laughs) different things. So what would you tell our listeners? Because I also think sometimes the, assumption is that men always have the stronger physical touch and women don't so i Mm -hmm. wouldn't say what would you say to our male listeners i would say what would you say to our listeners where maybe one part of the couple has a higher uh need for physical touch or love that physical touch is their stronger love language and they're partnered with someone who maybe does not have as high of a priority around the physical touch, like what would you say to them based so, on our experience? So I, I guess the, one of the first thing I was I would say is have a con- have the conversation, mm-hmm. take it, do the assessment, have the conversation, and in the conversation, find out the reasons why, mm-hmm. the reasons why this is more important, the reasons why it's not more. This is not what well, we know. If, if it's more important to you, find out why on the other side it's not as important as the other person. Mm-hmm. Finding those, finding out those reasons and those the explanations for those will be very helpful, along with giving yourself and your partner time to grow in both of those areas. Mm-hmm. Because it may take, I'm not saying you diminishing, but you compromising with, okay, maybe I might not be able to get the physical, physical touch as much mm-hmm. at when I want it, mm-hmm. but... I'll be able to get it a portion, a large portion of the time when I want it. And then when she wants to give it, I'm using it as the male female right now. Mm-hmm. When she wants to give it, then it's kind of extra. Mm-hmm. So kind of finding, trying to find or finding the positives mm-hmm. in it. Not so much focusing on, oh, I don't get it as much as I want to. Mm-hmm. Now, and also giving that your partner the space and the time to try to adapt to life together versus life alone. Because if they've been single for a period, a longer period of time, there are going to be barriers you're going to have to face where they now have to get over the hurdle of the fact that they're not alone and they don't have to do it alone. They, they may have been used to being independent for so long. And because of that, 
it is a challenge for them not to ask or not to have a conversation or not to um, just acknowledge. So if you can do that, it'll if you if you can do that, it'll be very helpful and it'll benefit both of you guys in, in the long run. So. Well, that's a great conversation. That's the end of our show for today. And by the way, it doesn't always stop, just so you know. What doesn't always stop? The booty touching. Because I don't want you... Cause, cause, oh, it doesn't stop. <laughs> doesn't, it doesn't stop, necessarily. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. stop. Say, say which one, but... Um, I would say on the <laughs> ends of that, I think where what we are still continuing to develop is the compromise yeah. of yeah. Like, how do you get some of what you need? How do I get what I need? And so one of the things I do is I'm like, all right, you got three. Now to that third one, I'm probably going to punch you. And by punch, I mean my little fake jab. Or mm-hmm. like when you're, you know, doing something, I'm counting. I'm like, all right, one, two, three. Wait, hold on. Let, let me let me hold on. Let, let me get back. Like, all right, seconds. you got five <laughs> seconds. All right, move. <laughs> so instead of just automatically swatting you away and pushing you away, trying to give it a, a time limit, like, all right. And there's also ways to do things to where it's not so like. Uh, Matter of fact, there's ways to kind of like slide and smoothly do because a smooth slide and doing something sometimes is not like so abrasive either. So that's well, and I I think here, let me say this what I would say to people who are having this challenge is when you were talking about having the conversation and figuring out why, um, I think it's easy to just think about certain things like maybe a person who has had you know, uh, violation in a physical or sexual abuse way, and, and there are some, um, challenges with physical space and touch and and those things Mm -hmm. and even for people who don't maybe necessarily have those types of traumas i just think it can be for me i am extremely ticklish or i have a lot of uh sensory issues i my sense of smell is out of this world my sense of touch like i can feel an eyelash on my kneecap like something is crawling on me (laughs) so sometimes it's like certain physical touch like i'll say like oh no i really appreciate a foot massage but stop rubbing that part of my arm or i'm like don't jiggle that fat part like you know like there are just different things that are just not um sensation from a sensation right right and i think that's the important part about having those conversations like yeah don't play with my hair like that. I don't like mm. the way that feels. Or I'm sensitive about it. You know, just different right, things right. that conversations are important uh, to have. Because um, it's not like this is fine, but this is not okay. This mm. is when I'm sleepy in the nighttime, like probably leave me alone. In the morning when I'm like, oh, I'm refreshed because I'm an introvert. Mm. I'm like, oh, come here. Don't leave. Like when you're leaving for work, sometimes <laughs> I know I've held on to you like a lot longer at times. And you'd be like, all right, I got to go. But, you know, it's just, I think, learning those things about your partner as it relates to um, how they express and how they receive love in that love language is right. really important. So, well, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. And we will see you here next time. If you have not already done so, follow us on Instagram at Focus On Me Podcast. Um, Come to our webpage at www.thecrownllc.org. We're also on Facebook. Are we anywhere else? We're on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Yeah, wherever you get Uh, your your podcast. Yeah, and if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know what podcast we're on. So, um, (laughs) platform. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Bye. Take care, y'all. 
Hey y'all, this is Justin, <laughs> and I'm here with my wife, Denisha, and we are welcoming you to the Focus on Me podcast. I don't know, I got issues, you know I got issues. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Put your phone on, uh, do not disturb. It's on, do not disturb. Okay. Well, welcome back. It's episode two of dose. season two. Dose, dose. Hopefully you enjoyed the first, um installment of the five love language conversation so uh we're gonna pick up with the next two love languages Mm -hmm. today we're gonna talk about words of affirmation and quality time so um maybe just now start by asking you when you think about those two particular love languages what do you think is easy about using or expressing love in those two um, areas so words of affirmation I think is something that can go a really really long way Mm -hmm. because I think um, that gives a lot of it it often gives validation Mm -hmm. it gives validation it gives um, encouragement um, on the on the previous episode, we talked we talked about uh, physical touch, and, and I, I mentioned that physical touch for me also kind of gives that feeling of being wanted. Uh-huh. Words of affirmation can do the same thing uh-huh. because you're it's your it's your um, outward expression, yeah, your outward expression uh-huh. of what you feel inwardly. So uh-huh. it's you know you even so like when I think about it, I think about like. Um, Little notes, or little uh-huh. like these days would be little texts. Back in the days, we write little letters, leaving places. <laughs> you know, and even sometimes now you can still do that. Uh-huh. But just little, you know, just different things like that, or or you know, a just random compliment, something that gives you know your partner uh, you know, a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling. You know, and it, and you and you know the things that would do that. I uh-huh. mean, you know, um, it may be something different for me versus you, or it might be the same thing. Uh-huh. You know, but it's but. That can go a long way because it also lets you know that you're thinking about it too. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yeah, something I was thinking about with the words of affirmation, love language. Um, how many people don't have a space where they hear good things about themselves? Mm-hmm. Um, just yesterday in a therapy session, I was talking to a, a little girl, she's nine. And they had to do like a self-assessment and they did smiley faces or sad faces or plus minus. Mm -hmm. And of the 18 areas, her teacher gave her 17 smiley faces and one sad face. And the sad face was in the area of like participates. But in the comments, she wrote like she's a wonderful child, a joy to Mm -hmm. have, all that kind of stuff. And the little girl gave herself if not have more negatives. And when I was talking with her mom, but also talking to her about why she rates herself so low, and her mom said, you know, I almost cried when I saw it. We So in our therapy session, we were talking about, you know, what was good about her. And right. there was a, a blank where she, you had to write what was good about yourself. And it was, she said, I am good at, and then there was nothing left. So... When we were talking about it, you know, I said, why did you give yourself so many negatives? And, and why didn't you finish? And she said, which I could tell her and her mom had already had a conversation. She said, because I'm not confident in myself. 
<laughs> and so we started talking about what does it mean to be confident. And one of the concerns that I had, as I told her mom, I said, you know, this is not uncommon. This is job security for people like me. Right. Because the goal is at nine, we can hopefully build up some self-esteem, some self-worth, some mm-hmm. self-appreciation. But there are plenty of people, including in her family. Right. And because the things she was saying to her, I said, hmm, where have I heard that before? Because those are things that I've said to her mom right. and her grandma, like, you know, just different people in their family. And so when we were talking about it, I just was thinking about how often words of affirmation, we are generally good at doing that for other people, but we're not good at doing it for ourselves. Right. So being able to be in a relationship where your partner is affirming you mm-hmm. has such power. Right. You know, the scripture tells us that our tongue holds words that have the power of life and death Mm -hmm. or we have the power of life and death in our tongue so you know i think that reality of how much words of affirmation can empower a person can heal a -hmm. person can uh, encourage and motivate a person i I think it is so wonderful and the last thing i'll say and i'll let you tap back in i was listening to someone give a seminar about um marriage counseling and the couple was just really 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 struggling and when he would come home from work the wife would generally have you know a list of complaints or a list of challenges things that happened through the day and all that kind of stuff and his daughter when she realized her dad was home she'd come and she'd just jump in his arms Mm -hmm and hug him and kiss him and say daddy I missed you you're my best daddy in the whole world I love you and he would just grab her and just would like roll on the floor and they just play and just have this <laughs> wonderful moment of connection and the wife was actually expressing some resentment around that and as she was thinking about like how she could make her marriage better she was Um, inspired to do what she saw her daughter do. Mm -hmm. So when her husband would come home, she would say, you know, to her husband, I missed you so much. It was so great to see you. I'm so glad you're home. You're amazing. Mm -hmm. And she said that was the thing that really transformed her marriage. Right. Not the fussing, the bickering, Mm -hmm. not even necessarily going to counseling, but her changing the words that she was using and really having words of praise and affirmation which allowed him, I believe those words cause us to move into a different mindset. Uh, there's a quote, people don't rise to low expectations. So even if you're not being the greatest, but I keep calling you the greatest, it's going to motivate you to want to be great. Right. If I tell you you're wonderful and maybe you don't feel so wonderful, it will empower you or cause you to think about yourself a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. So I, I think those words of affirmation are so powerful when it comes to having a healthy relationship and putting life into your relationship. I agree. I definitely agree with that. I think, um, I think that, uh, overall, um, you, you, me, whoever, but you know, you, when being in a relationship, uh, giving those, words of affirmation can be the very life source mm-hmm. of growth mm-hmm. um, and you and I believe that even when doing that even when you know given and, it, and it, sometimes it doesn't have to be a whole lot either 
It doesn't have to be a whole long dissertation. It could be something very simple. And um, as I talked about before, uh, about being at peace, you know, coming home to that peace, coming home to that solace, that can give, you know, your partner, that can give your mate that 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 sense of peace, that sense of worth. Because sometimes they go through all you go through all day at work feeling like crap, uh-huh. and come home you don't want to come home to fussing and bickering. Uh-huh. And granted, are there times where that's gonna happen? Probably, uh-huh. but one should not the, the bickering and the fussing should not outweigh the good, right? Because it, you know that's just what it is. It should not one one the devil should, shouldn't be that way. Yeah, I was thinking even just in a work situation yesterday where it was some difficult conversation to have around finances. Mm. And we also know that a lot of (laughs) marriages have challenges around finances. But Mm -hmm. in that same space where we were talking about finances, it was probably an hour and a half in before someone noted, you know, we have done a lot of wonderful things that have moved us in the right direction. And we pretty much had the consensus of how differently the first hour and a half would have gone if we had started in that place of affirmation so instead of saying oh this was the best quarter we've had in four years Mm -hmm. which it was it was this conversation of what are we going to do to make up the rest of the revenue and which then I think put people on the defense I know it put me on more of a defense and I didn't really catch it at first until halfway through when I realized like can we just validate what has already been done? Mm-hmm. And it just caused me to think even more about families, relationships. Those are the things. There are definitely times where we have to have hard conversations. Right. And how, you know, those words of affirmation can really cause the conversation to go in a better way. Now, the other part, I'm not saying that where you just throw words of affirmation in there to try and like <laughs> sugarcoat like, it or like things a, like a that. Like sandwich. <laughs> right. But really looking at what is good, what is true, right, what right. is also like, you know, we often talk about the ands. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two like, things being the same. We do need to talk about our mortgage and we do need to talk about our spending. And let's actually talk about, you know, what is good about our character, mm-hmm. our relationship, not just the things we do, but right. like who we are. You know, I really appreciate that you've taken out the trash. I really appreciate that you are kind and considerate. Mm-hmm. And can we talk about how we're spending our money this month? You know, I think it really has an opportunity. And if you're not careful, people will hear the good things like, but... It's the approach, it's like, And there's no but. Yeah, That's just it's, it's, it. It's definitely the approach. But I also think that happens when there's not a lot of affirmation that takes place in the relationship. Yeah. So if there's affirmation only because we're trying to do the, for every one negative, do five positive like things. But, like buttering them up. So right. People will misread it. But if we make it a habit and a practice. And it's sincere because it's usually, usually you can tell. Right. Right. So a, a habit of making or giving sincere affirmations and affirmative words um, can be very helpful. Now, I also want to say the power of this assessment is you can see when people have that love language of words of affirmation. I know a lot of people who, if they were to take that test, words of affirmation would be low. Mm -hmm. So when you try to use those words of affirmation with people they don't who land. have a hard time receiving it, yeah. it actually probably makes them feel more uncomfortable right. or, you know, awkward or put on the spot or you're being fake or, you know, mm-hmm. they have a negative context. 
And the last thing I'll say, and then I'll tag you in or we can move to the next topic is with these love languages, I think one of the missed points about it is it's not just learning what your love language is. It's about learning how to speak the other person's love language. Right, right. Because if my love language is words of affirmation, but yours is gifts, and you don't ever tell me how wonderful I feel because you're always giving me gifts, <laughs> I'm going to resent it. And you're going to be mad because I'm not accepting your gifts your or I'm gifts. not happy about it. Or mm-hmm. if my love language is words of affirmation and I want to write you all these love, you know, love poems and five-page letters, and you're like, thanks, but uh, what's for dinner? I'm going to be mad because it's going to feel like you didn't appreciate my love language. And Mm -hmm. so really taking time to understand your own and your partners to speak to them in their love language. And again, with words of affirmation, if you're with someone that words of affirmation are not as important for them, you'll probably continue to be frustrated or miss if you're only speaking that love language to them. Learn their love language and and, and, uh, apply it. Yeah, I know I said that was the last thing I was going to say, but I feel like it's important to say this piece, too. Um, when we talked about how we did the assessment twice, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure words of affirmation was on mind consistently at a high place. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking about how um, affirming it is when you do send me uh, those messages or posts on Facebook. And um, I mean, I don't think you've missed a Woman Crush Wednesday yet and so you know people often think like oh Denisha's so strong and so powerful and so wonderful and does all these things and I really say all the time it's because I know I have someone who is behind me supporting all the things that I'm doing and you really do speak that words of affirmation language when you say not just necessarily from a public perspective but you know the messages that you send me directly where Mm -hmm. you are using those words of affirmation in such a solid and uh, profound way. And I was looking on my computer last night, deleting some of the the many files that were taking up space. And I have the screenshots of like all of those messages. (laughs) So even though sometimes I accidentally delete our thread, Mm -hmm. I still have the screenshots for when you send the message because (laughs) that's the type of, because I am a words of affirmation person. I keep the cards, I keep, the notes I keep the emails I keep the text messages mm-hmm. because there are times where I have to go back and essentially encourage myself or remember you know all is not lost or it has been worthwhile and beneficial and you know when you send me those words of affirmation messages I absolutely keep them because even in the moment I'm in session or something and I can't really respond in a gushy emotional way but I still have it for later and I you know I reflect on them and see them and you know, I, I know that 10 years from now, when I look on that, it'll be a, a pleasant and positive memory. <laughs> Anything else you want to say about words of affirmation? Um, no, I think, I, think, I think we've exhausted that a little long enough, I think. All right. So the next one is quality time. Quality time. Now that one, I, I think that's all you. What do you think about <laughs> all me? Well, not all you. I well, know that I was mean, a higher one for you. Well, quality time. See, because I'm, I'm I'm funny about stuff. I, I I'm you said, well, you just said it not long ago about me being very old school with some things. Oh yeah. And um, quality time to me is very important because I, I mean, 
I think it's, all, it's, it's good to have your own space of time, uh-huh. but to actually have that time, even if sometimes, and you don't have to be doing a whole lot. Uh-huh. The, the, it's not, you don't have to do a lot. Uh-huh. It doesn't mean, you know, you're always out, you know, in the streets, you're always out doing something. You, it can be, you know, you're home, uh-huh. you're with them, you're watching something, or you're playing a game, or, you know, some, to me, quality time, it's like, it's a huge portion and a huge or a big important part I feel like uh-huh. of a relationship because it get, it's that time to kind of let your hair down uh-huh. you know you can it, there, there's you don't have to worry about putting on your quote unquote best foot forward or your, your best face uh-huh. you know some people put on you know when you're dating in the beginning of dating you're always, uh-huh. you always want to see you always want them to see you at your best uh-huh. but that quality time gives you the space to let them see you at your most comfortable. So, so I want to ask a couple questions about quality time for you. Does it feel like quality time, like if say me and you or our purse people, if we're sitting together and that person's on their phone? Because I know some people who would say like, as long as we're in the same room, that's quality time. Other people want you to be like be locked engaged. in and engaged. Like what feels like quality time to you? So okay. I think I think if it's a situation where, okay, I'm just responding to something mm-hmm. and it's like response then phone down mm-hmm. versus phone up respond 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 mm-hmm. respond respond oh I'm checking an email respond 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 mm-hmm. respond mm-hmm. phone down oh respond respond that's so a lot of phone right a lot a lot of phone a lot of phone kind of kills it kind of kills or put the damper on that quality time because there's not there isn't any, you know that it's clear that there's no engagement uh-huh. in that. I think being the, the it being engaging or being engaging with um, your partner is important because there could be something that they're dealing with and and without you even knowing. And not not to say that you know they don't feel comfortable talking about it or, or, or whatnot, but sometimes just different emotions going through going through their head, different emotions going through them, and. In that space and time, that time, that quality time you're spending with them can give them exactly what they need for that moment. And it it, it can be very beneficial. Uh-huh. Very, very beneficial. I think that um, for our relationship, but then in general, uh, I think quality time is specific to certain uh, activities. Mm-hmm. So, like going to dinner or going out or doing something anybody who knows me knows we have a rule uh, that someone told me the other day she's like right because it's family time like where (laughs) that means we're putting our phones down and we're being engaged with whoever is at the table whoever Mm -hmm. we're spending time with Uh, and then there are other times where it's like we're in the room together you might be working on one thing I'm working on another thing we look up we have a conversation talk about whatever is on mm-hmm. TV whatever we're seeing we're, and it's still you know quality or engaging right. uh, I think it's really important for people to think about what quality means to them and to specify that because sometimes I know for me quality time is we're in the same space Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes you're coupled with physical touch. Quality time is when we're sitting together and you're on your skin is touching my skin and we're, <laughs> <laughs> you know, almost and like inseparable. 
Um, That's that good, good quality time. And I remember one of the times when we early in our of being married and living together. Um, it might have been like around some. It was not like this recent election, but it was some kind of debate or something that was on. And I knew that you you don't you're not interested in those things. Mm-hmm. And um, you were getting frustrated and stressed out by the comments and things that people were saying. And I was saying, you know, Justin, you can't go in the other room. You don't have to sit out here and watch this. And you said, but I'm trying to spend time with you. And I remember saying, like, in 10 feet away, where you would have been in the man cave, I said, I can see you. We're close. We're together. And it was at one of those moments where I realized quality time for you meant being physically together. Mm-hmm. Not just um, being in the same house, right? Being in the same house, <laughs> or you know, a room away from each other. The other thing I learned in that moment was time matters because I'm like, we've been sitting here watching TV for the last six hours. You can go do something else, mm-hmm. and it was like, as soon as you got home from work, you, you know, we were sitting there together doing whatever, and it was about nine thirty, or you know, and you're like, well, I'm time to spend time with you because like, we've been together for the last five hours, you know. So not that that was a problem. It just was a moment that was showing some definition about what it meant for you to have quality time, Um, which also has taught me something about how do I honor your your love language of quality time, which is, you know, watching wrestling and being engaged in the match as as if I know exactly what's happening and all those kinds of things. And you you, listen, Um, you learn and. And then that's also the time I know I'm like, we're going to have to do the word just in the physical space right now. Mm-hmm. Because while that's on, I got to do these other things. But yeah. really trying to make it um, meaningful for where you are around what does quality time mean. Uh, and I think that that's something that couples would do well to just really set some definition and parameters around what does quality mean mm-hmm. to you. Sometimes it means doing the same activity or shared interest activity. Right doing it together, being engaged with, you know, full attention on the person mm-hmm. or other times it just means you know, we're hanging out, we spend all weekend together and, right. you know in the same house, same space, but maybe not locked and loaded for, right. you know, right. the whole time uh, Where do you think not having quality time can lead to barriers and challenges, or what barriers and challenges do you think can come as a result of people not having that quality time. Well, um, I think that leaves space and sometimes too much space for someone else to come fill the time, uh-huh. honestly. Because if it's a situation where, and, 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 and it's not a thing of condoning it, but it's just what reality is. Uh-huh. If you don't sometimes take that time and a person and you know your mate is constantly trying to get it out of you like uh-huh. hey you know hey let's 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 do this or hey let's do this uh-huh. and you're not engaged and you're not engaged in anything with them because uh-huh. sometimes you don't have to be it, it doesn't always take being 100% engaged you can be 85% engaged uh-huh. and when I say engaged I mean being attentive it is not. You may not understand really what's happening in them. Like if, we're, if you're watching something, you may not really understand the context of something. But you're there and you're paying attention, and you know a person's paying attention because they're asking questions because they don't understand something. Uh-huh. But if you're, if you can tell somebody's completely not even there because they're in their phone and all they they're just completely in their phone. 
what can happen is that will just make the per- make your mate disengaged, mm-hmm. and will pre- that that can give them feelings that you're that maybe there's something going on or something wrong in the relationship. Mm-hmm. I think it, it 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 has a very very um, negative effect of making things seem like that what they may not be, mm-hmm. you know, because automatically if I mean. Right off the top, if you don't know, if you think everything is good, and then there's never any engagement, just like you're not spending any time together, it's just work, 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 work. You gotta have, I mean, granted, we know we gotta work to eat, and we gotta work to pay bills, you gotta work to, you know, to live life, but but taking the time to have that quality time is important because it still lets you know that, that you care. Uh-huh. And I think when you don't take that time, it's, it's showing how much you really don't care. And sometimes, I mean, and sometimes... Can I, can I, I'm sorry, Tinder. Do you really think it is that people don't care? Sometimes... I, I was actually about to say... I was, okay, just, okay. I was just about to float into that. My bad. Well, it's okay. It's all right. But, but you said it, so that, that, that it kind of flows into what I'm saying. What I was going to say was... And sometimes it's not that you don't care. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just that your mind isn't there. Mm-hmm. The problem is... And we, we, we've said this before, that what you don't know you make up uh-huh. and your addition to the story is they must not really care uh-huh. because I'm trying and they're not answering. They're not responding. I'm trying. I'm trying. And that can cause more problems, more good than bad uh-huh. or more bad than good. Yeah, that's right. More bad than good. That definitely cause more problems because, you know, and there could be nothing wrong. You could just be so engaged into your work that you're not paying attention to what's going on, which then can be the problem because you're not focused. Mm-hmm. And there's got to be some type of focus at well, some point. It, it, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in the next episode around those acts of service. But mm-hmm. what I was thinking about as I was listening is what gets in the way of quality time. Right. And I think sometimes that inability to... Um, zone in or focus in can be the result of too many other things on those invisible schedules Mm -hmm. those to-do lists all that kind of stuff and I know some people who they can't rest until certain things are done right right um they have a hard time maybe not doing the dishes and sitting down and watching the movie Mm -hmm. you know they have I, I know some people you know them too they'll remain nameless for the sake of the listening audience but where we're supposed to be like walking out the door to go shop and they're like, hold on, let me vacuum real quick. Let me wipe this counter mm-hmm. off. And I'm like, bruh, come on, right. let's go. We're already right. late and you up here, you know, dusting the ceiling fans. Mm-hmm. Like this is not a thing that we have to be doing <laughs> right now. We need to be leaving where right. we already need to go. And so I think when it comes to relationships and quality time, especially understanding what people value, right. which some people really, and I'm one of those people too, I value a clean house. Not saying that I'm able to do it all the time or keep it that way, mm-hmm. but I love how I feel when everything is in its place and it's peaceful, it's mm-hmm. chaotic. It's not chaotic because it feels chaotic in my mind when the environment is chaotic. Right. So it's hard to sit and maybe enjoy something in a quality way because I can't do that. And if a person has a quality time love language and their spouse is trying to take care of other things, it might be hard for them to uh, disengage from all the other things that are on their list Mm -hmm. to give quality time, attention, presence, 
to their partner. And I think that's where looking at how all of these love languages and all the factors impact another area. So, Mm -hmm. you know, doing more things to help or um, having that conversation about what is needed to make sure that when we get to this thing, even if it's, I'll take care of finding the babysitter so we can go out and not have to worry about, you know, I'll take care of making sure that things are done at home so we can go out and Mm -hmm. not have to worry about or, you know, I'll make sure thinking about it. Yeah. That we've got the money saved up. So when we're at the spa, you're not wondering how much is this costing? Like mm-hmm. whatever those things are, they get in the way of people being able to fully be present in the moment. If we take care of those things on the front end, that'll probably impact the ability to have that quality experience. Mm-hmm. The other thing I was going to say, I, I don't know what the statistics are, but if any of our listeners knows of them, you know, put a comment on, on this episode, but I think it's it's a high likelihood that most affairs are emotional first mm-hmm. before they're physical. Yeah. And even if it's a short time of it being an emotional thing before there's physical things, I think that's a great opportunity in terms of safeguarding or as people say, fireproofing your marriage around making sure that there are quality connections, quality opportunities. And our brains are hardwired for connection. As human species, we need connection. Yeah. It's not a personality type. It's mm-hmm. a fact. We see it in babies. We see it in kids. We see it in adults. We see it in couples. As humans, we need connection. I mean, look at coronavirus. How many people are having a challenge because of stay-at-home orders yeah. and not being able to be connected? And being engaged with so that's a human need. When we have this quality time deficit, somebody actually says is going to step in there, mm-hmm. especially with people with impure motives. Right, right. You know, you've kind of already been looking at him or already been looking at her, mm-hmm. and you see that that need is going unmet. You're like, hey, what's going? You all right? So what's what, what's the matter? And then you start you start having that conversation, uh-huh. and then that opens the emotional door. Up. Exactly. So to safeguard your relationship, especially if it's a relationship in which quality time is a higher uh, ordered love language for people, it really does put that in there to make sure that there are no gaps or no cracks where something right. can slip in there. Absolutely. So, well. Any last thoughts before we wrap up today's episode? Well, no, I think I'm good. I think I'm good right now. Okay. Well, we hope you um, enjoyed this episode. And something we didn't talk about on the last podcast is the Bolder Than Most Conference. Yes, and the She Slays Conference. She Slays Conference. So yes. if you have not already um, heard about it, both of us will be doing individual conversations i'll be doing a conversation with the ladies i'll be doing one with the men and um it'll be on december 6th for the ladies and december 13th for the men so um head over again to our website to register they are both free virtual events we'd love for you to join us if you enjoy listening to us talk together um we just want to continue to create a community where we can have rich conversation and support and engagement, especially in this time where we may not be able to be as physically present as other people. But 
Um, again, jump over to the website www.thecrownllc.org and you can register. Let us know that you're coming and hopefully we'll see you on the Zoom conference. If not, we'll catch you on the next episode of Focus on Me. Have a great one. Bye, guys.